0: Welcome back to Books and Broomsticks. I'm chaotic And
1: I'm Matt Hatter Plays.
0: And today we are talking about folklore and witchcraft. It's like how we met almost. It is basically how we met, um, because <laughs> Matt is an esteemed folklorist. Oh, oh my esteemed. god, I got
1: esteemed. I don't know. I don't know about esteemed. Deemed, but I'm I definitely... consider Matt
0: to be an esteemed folklorist.
1: Wow, my And I ego. was an idiot. We're not an idiot. I was. Yeah, was a little bit. Okay, a idiot. little, a tiny bit, though.
0: Why you did we just... become friends? Matt I just yelled at
1: you yeah. on your lives, like a whole bunch.
0: <laughs> um. So what exactly is folklore, Matt? Our esteemed local folklorist.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so in my... I, I, in my description, folklore is basically the, um, the description of culture through the humanities. Mm-hmm. It could mean things from food. It can mean things like stories, poems, rhymes, music, um, the arts themselves. It's all that kinds of stuff all put in together to describe a culture and how it interacts with the world and its belief systems.
0: That is, um, extremely sexy. Thank you, Matt. Um, <laughs> I read too much. You do not read too much. I disagree with that statement as a whole. So, I mean, our our entire episode is about, you know, folklore and how it interacts with witchcraft specifically. Because since folklore interacts with society and culture, it's going to interact with witchcraft. So in what ways do we see that happening? And in what ways does it influence our witchcraft?
1: I think one of the uh, big things here is that, like, without the folklore a lot of these traditional paths kind of fall short right Mm -hmm. because if you're not studying the the most important aspects of the the craft the path Mm -hmm. and the the culture that's around that path um you're doing something without knowing why
0: so would we say that folklore is important for cultural context
1: first off definitely and also like for your personal edification as well like I'm sorry but if I hand you a necklace of worms and say hey wear this
0: I mean I don't know personally I think if you handed me a necklace of worms I'd just be like okay
1: (laughs) okay not no no we're not interested in the necklace of worms
0: well I mean I'm not gonna question you (laughs) But why?
1: Why wouldn't you want to question me? Why wouldn't you? Well, actually, let's
0: be honest. I'd probably question you. Mm -hmm. If someone else handed me a necklace of worms and said, wear it, I may not question them.
1: But why? Why would you put a necklace of worms on without knowing? Because
0: I have anxiety, Matt.
1: You can, you're, so you're just going to accept the necklace of worms? Sure. It's for a sore throat, by the way.
0: Oh, what kind of worms? Earthworms?
1: Yeah, it's just worms. It's basically an old, uh, folkish, uh, old practice mm-hmm. that was done way back in the time, daytime, or back in the time when people didn't know what
0: actual medicine back was. Back in the day. Back um, in the day. When we thought arsenic would help our bodies. Uh huh.
1: And it was definitely <laughs> European. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, you hear a lot about folk remedies, folk magic. Is folk magic and folklore the same? Are um
1: the one same? describe One can describe the other, but no, they are not the same, ultimately.
0: Collaborate um, for us, magi- esteemed folklorist.
1: Oh my god. Please, no. No mas. Um, folk magic is <coughs> the magic of the folk, right? It is mm-hmm. the... It is the magic of the community that states like we do this and it does this this is what we all as a community agree happens this is our superstition together yeah uh, but folklore or a folklorist is going to sit there going okay they all agreed to do this so folklore can describe folk magic and it can describe why people did the folk magic they cannot tell you what the folk magic is, and they cannot give you the mm-hmm. recipe, so to say.
0: Can you give me an example of folklore? Okay.
1: Most people know folklore as the folk tales, right? Most people, yes. um, when a folklorist tells you about Tommyknockers, not too long ago, literally, I think as of this uh, recording, yes, as yes. Of this recording, we released Celtic Sean's um, episode, the mm-hmm. Tommyknockers, a folklorist will tell you of the story of them. But also part of the folklore, folklorist deal is to say this is the purpose that they served. There was a lot of cave-ins. So the superstition of the people of the mining community would be leave food so that we don't deal with a cave-in.
0: Big moon. I would also leave food as not deal with a cave-in.
1: Exactly. So if that is what you walked into and that's like their communal belief and you have this understanding, then you do it because that's the superstition, that's the belief and you don't wanna be disrespectful and you don't wanna be a fucking asshole. Mm -hmm. So the folklorist describes what that is. Whereas the actual folk tale doesn't have much to do with the folk lore. It has just to do with the tale of the telling. Does that make sense? Yes. Perfect. Um, okay. There's also, this. so folklore is going to have an impact on the belief system, especially if you're studying it, right? Mm-hmm. Because your belief system will change the more information you've gathered and the more information that you have translated to um, and what agrees into your life. So for you, for instance, you were born American.
0: Americano. But,
1: Americano. But as you learn your italian heritage as you learn your italian folklore as you Mm -hmm. learn all of these things about your culture they start getting integrated into your life because it's something that is important to you and you can see where it makes sense for um it it vibes with you right
0: yeah of course
1: so that's where like folklore can be incredibly impactful into somebody's practice or well
0: i'm thinking specifically about like il malocchio and the evil eye and that Belief in folklore, and then the folk magic that arises from it, mm-hmm. um as well as our folklore around fatucaeri or fixers, and you know stregoneria or stregoned.
1: Exactly. You. I don't. I don't know
0: what the the plural of stregoneria is.
1: Well now that you know the folk understanding, the the understanding of everybody around that community's understanding, mm-hmm. it can be implemented into your belief system and especially when you do it respectfully and it's part of who you are, then it ends up becoming this like new tradition kind of thing. We are taking old traditions from old times and you're bringing it into new life, but you're doing so in a respectful way because you have a firm understanding of the folklore.
0: Would we, because I feel like all these things that explain, that we call folklore, I've just been calling cultural context.
1: E, I, I, yes, pretty much. So a lot of people, when they say cultural context, a lot of people look at folklore and they think of dead and gone, right? Mm. That's that's a big part of it. So there's no problem with saying cultural context. It's mm-hmm. It's fine. But ultimately, yeah, you're kind of mentioning, like, folk belief. You're mentioning the folklore, the the lore of the people.
0: The lore of the people. I love that.
1: It's great to get to, like when you literally just invest your entire time into it, it's great when you get to have those little moments where you sit there and going, this is what the entire belief system was. How Mm -hmm. fucking cool is that?
0: And I think, well, a lot of times, I guess we see folklore as almost something disconnected from witchcraft and maybe even, not necessarily folk magic, but from witchcraft um, belief systems and day-to-day life. Would you think that to be true?
1: I can agree with that. Um, But I think that that comes from, like, the weird, uh, almost make-believe nature that people have a tendency to think about folklore and folklorists.
0: Can you elaborate on that statement?
1: When you see the media talk about folklore, you get a very vivid fantasy. Like, it's anybody that says folklore, you get weird
0: fairies and... Yeah, like mushroom circles.
1: You get mushroom circles, fairies, dragons, vampires. Um, and yeah, that's part of it. But mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not the all-encompassing aspects of it. Because folklore is also the... Uh, why do people have crosses above their doors? Why do mm-hmm. people... Why do people tell certain jokes? Like, it's, it's everything that's encompassing in it. But we have made it such a fantastical idea
0: well yeah we've just disconnected it part of that i would argue is probably a very american western thing considering the amount of assimilation that immigrants need to do the amount of leaving behind culture um i think that that there's a level of that that folklore becomes disconnected because we disconnect it yeah yeah
1: I can. <laughs> I can see that. So <laughs> that was your mm, no. Well, it's it's a yeah. It's mostly a yes. Um, because I see where you're coming from. Yeah. So yeah, mostly. Oh uh, my god. So people think folklore has to be fervently old tradition. Yes. And I do say old tradition because uh, if I say traditional, nobody has a reasonable time frame of when traditional is
0: oh yeah we have like traditional witchcraft we have traditional okay
1: how ideas. old is traditional witchcraft
0: literally no one knows yeah nobody has everyone any sources idea is it from different places and it's like this is traditional witchcraft and, and different like, times this is technically what
1: yeah everybody sources it from different places and different times
0: i would argue that okay. folklore some aspects of folk magic and folk beliefs have been around longer than a lot of different types of what we would call witchcraft
1: uh, yeah sh- absolutely but again um, this is where this disconnect is ca- happening right So not only is it a fantastical big thing but it's also everyone's under the impression that it has to be ancient and nobody has a fervent hold as to when folklore happens. folklore is now dude it's alive right this second
0: folklore is happening
1: It's literally just the it belief is the of the people happening. It's always been there and it'll always be there the second you get a community of people who believe in something
0: mm-hmm. that
1: is folklore. Um but what people have disconnected is they they've stopped having heretical folklore or they think that they have.
0: What do you mean heretical?
1: So they've taken away from their heritage's belief systems like their their lore from you you're a great example. I'm a great example. Okay. Uh you and I do not have the same lore or belief system as any of our ancestors, except for maybe our grandparents. We'll we'll go probably back to our grandparents is the furthest back we go. Mm,
0: yeah, I would argue grandparents is pretty close.
1: So we don't have that belief system anymore. But anything older than that is when people start thinking, oh, that's got to be folklore because that's 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 tradition. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Right. You have traditions now. I have traditions now. And that's our belief system as a people, whereas everybody. So heretical folklore would then be the lore of the people from your heritage.
0: Mm-hmm. People
1: have disconnected from that so much mm-hmm. that they don't think that there's any more traditions.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, this is something I've argued with myself for a long time. I
0: know. It sounds like I w- I love you. Sounds like you're a little conflicted in some areas of it.
1: No, oh, yeah, sure. Because as a, a folklorist, part of my entire identity, especially online, was always teaching people the best past uh, interpretation of folklore. Um, I struggle with new folklore. Like, I struggle with the new belief system of people now. So this is something that I have had to have this argument with myself about.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that folklore, too, is pretty consistently changing, as we've kind of talked about. So Mm -hmm. it's almost difficult to completely understand it as one solid thing.
1: Yep. And that's why you have to take it uh, community by community.
0: Mm,
1: Interesting.
0: Well, so more questions for you. How does folklore impact You're my esteemed folklorist. Uh, Um, Ah! What would be... Can you give me an example of like folklore's impacts on belief systems and impacts on day-to-day life?
1: Sure. Um, So an impact on your belief system is going to be anything that is a belief of the people that directly affects your belief system. Mm -hmm. So as a... We'll take the notorious shadow band. Yes there is a belief amongst the entire community in this big scary monster called the shadow ban.
0: Uh-huh
1: All of us believe that it exists whether or not it does doesn't matter. What is important is the direct effects that it has on what we do on our applications because of that. We uh-huh. we stick to content that will not get us gotten up by the shadow band monster tell me i'm this wrong sounds,
0: this sounds like an episode of lost when you explain it like this
1: but tell me i'm wrong no
0: you're not wrong and that's the funny part so that's an example of not only belief systems from but day-to-day life of how we react respond behave in accordance to a belief we share communally as like people on tiktok
1: Mm -hmm. It is the community of TikTok, the belief of the people on TikTok that if we create certain content and it's not the right kind of content, we are gonna get got by the shadow monster.
0: (laughs) Would you say that's a belief when there is some empirical evidence that TikTok does shadow ban certain things?
1: Okay, this is going to go into a new thing. Prove to me that there is not cannibals in the woods.
0: Which woods?
1: It, it, any
0: of the woods,
1: any of them, prove wherever that there there's big. Aren't schools,
0: cannibals in the woods?
1: You can't prove it. No. So if I came to you with empirical proof that there are cannibals in the woods, mm-hmm. would that change the entire belief system about the people who already believe that there were cannibals in the woods? No. Exactly. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's real. Doesn't matter if it's fake. It's the belief system of everybody involved. God,
0: that's horrifying to think about it makes my brain feel like a pea
1: oh no it's great because then you start looking at other like creatures monsters and beliefs mm-hmm. and go it doesn't fucking matter if it it's real or if not
0: someone believes in it it exists
1: if the, if a, if communally they agree and they believe in it the folk have spoken and that is real enough to affect their culture Every single time somebody asks me on my page or in when you've even asked me in the past, mm-hmm. do you think this thing's real? I go, um, doesn't matter.
0: Do we think this is a thing? I It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah.
1: R- regardless of my regardless of how much this evidence means, I have. This means
0: in this terminology that you cannot say that gnomes <laughs> don't exist.
1: No, but I can say I freaking despise garden gnomes.
0: That's a very good point. Uh Um, When we we move more into this topic, I guess we should talk about a little bit more folklore impacting witchcraft Mm -hmm. in general. And or like more specifically, because that is what our episode is about.
1: So when witchcraft, the way that witchcraft is most impacted by folklore is by looking back through the belief systems of different folks and practices. We almost treat that as as examples of things that work Mm -hmm. because they did it and in their tellings, it worked. In their Mm -hmm. tellings, this is the superstition that got this effect. So that's why looking through folklore, reading through folklore, learning about the different cultures and the cultural context because why not um
0: cultural context
1: it ends up empowering the witch further because you are literally looking at people who have stepped before you and communities that have gone before you and gotten the results that you are looking for i mean why would you start from ground zero worshiping diana when you can literally just look at a culture that worshiped her and they all knew exactly good
0: point human mm-hmm. sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. But I don't sacrifice humans, by the way. That's really don't You don't, you don't, to have, to. I don't have to.
1: But there's other, you can look at other traditions with Diana and go, oh, well, they didn't sacrifice people and they got the same success rate. So I'm gonna do that one.
0: <laughs> I do love looking at the Aradia, which is a piece of like, Aradia or the gospel of Aradia is what I would call personally a reconstructionist folklore okay and i say that because uh you know what with the point of like if someone believes in it it doesn't matter if it's real or not or accurate it's not necessarily it may or may not be historically accurate so i call it reconstructionist folklore Mm -hmm. because it is reconstructing a possible belief set in the kind of Tuscan area that could have existed within a family. Okay. And also a lot of historians have basically debased it as a piece of actual like tradition more it's more like folklore could more so be the mythology or the ideas around three entities and how it influenced a very specific group of people in Italy.
1: So mythology and folklore are not the same thing.
0: Okay, why aren't they the same thing?
1: <laughs> this is this is where things get a little funky. That's I so do not have the best words for it, but okay. there was do your best. Okay. Folklore is the the common belief amongst community, amongst the the people, whereas mythology comes more ah, what's the best way to state it? More like a, a written, put into stone type of story that okay. has your ethics and uh, your morals.
0: So question, if we are unsure that the gospel of Aradia was the collective communal knowledge of a group of people, would it be mm-hmm. considered mythology as it written would, by Charles Leland?
1: If it was just a book from Charles Leland, that goes into... uh something different if it was just what? his yeah trust me it gets there's there's more and more that goes into this okay um but if it was just specifically written out of his freaking brain
0: he claims that it was not written by out of his brain he claims that a witch named Magdalena gave him the manuscript mm-hmm. and he just wrote it and published it
1: okay so that would That would fall under uh, either something that uh, some people have called fake lore, which is uh, folklore that was constructed by um, someone who would, it it would give them something in return.
0: Okay. Uh, A good
1: example of that would be uh, Paul Bunyan. He he wasn't a folkloric thing. He wasn't a... No, he really Are wasn't. Are you
0: serious? We literally learned about Paul Bunyan in elementary school.
1: Yeah, he was constructed out of uh, advertisement space.
0: That's horrific.
1: Yeah, well, then people took it and they started making it their own. And so if fake lore can eventually become folklore. There's no reason mm-hmm. it can't. But as long as it's like funding somebody, as long as it's literally only created as a, a story to sell, mm-hmm. um, people usually t- typically call that fake lore. Because it's just construed to sell a product. It
0: was at one point, possibly, maybe, fake lore. Sure. And now there are enough traditions and belief sets formulated around the idea of this gospel Mm -hmm. that it probably is now folklore.
1: Yeah, it would be a, they all came together. They've all agreed that some sort of, some sort of superstition is correct about this. Some sort of belief system can come out of this and as a folk as a community they agreed to put that almost as a a, an understanding in their community Um, that's another part of folklore versus mythos uh one talks about talks about the community and the culture the other talks about the morals and ethics
0: this is so complicated
1: it is, it's this great, is why isn't it?
0: You are the esteemed folklorist.
1: I'm not esteemed at all. <laughs> There's people Matt much
0: does not uh, have a degree in folklore, but he I is an esteemed folklorist.
1: I just I just read a lot.
0: He reads um, more than I do. The re
1: and the only reason that I, I read so much is because folklore is a great way to connect with a long-gone culture or culture that's long-gone to you. Mm-hmm. It's uh, part
0: of the reconnection process.
1: For me, it is. Yeah.
0: Well, same here.
1: Everybody's everybody's reconnection looks different, but in my opinion, if you don't watch and le- learn the folklore of the people, you're not doing it well, in, just in my opinion.
0: We could go on a whole tangent about reconnecting with heritage, but that... That's a different is a conversation episode. Conversation <laughs> for a different episode. Yes, very um, much so. Do you have any final thoughts? R. E. folklore, R. E. Witchcraft, R. E. folklore and witchcraft.
1: Don't focus so much on the labeling. Just understand that if you're reading a part of folklore, even a folk tale, that there is a long and rich history with it, and you need to understand why it was so important before you implement it into your craft.
0: I love understanding the importance behind things. You know what's a really great way to understand folklore? Anthropological studies.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why you see they, most folklorists have anthropology degrees.
0: They just record it and then like record all of it. And then later they're like, here's my theory. And I'm like, I'm not interested in that. Thanks for the information.
1: <laughs> so it's funny because in my, in my eyes, when you, everybody gives a part of the answer, right? An anthropologist mm-hmm. gives the what, the when, and the where. Mm-hmm. A historian gives you the the who, the when, and maybe some of the why. Mm-hmm. But a folklorist is like the how, the, the why, the all of the other parts. So when you get Yo, all three the of them fuck together. Is this about? Yeah, so when you get all of them together, you end up with a who, what, when, where, and why, and how.
0: Wow! Look at that. We love That's, learning in this house.
1: I adore edumacationing myself.
0: Good education. Thanks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I my final thoughts is I love folklore. This was definitely a little bit of an educational episode for me as well as just talking because folklore is a little bit more expansive than I think I ever fully understood.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot and of people. I love it. A lot of people mistake folklore for folk tale when
0: Yeah, are two different. It's only things. part of it. Yeah, one's
1: but part of the other.
0: <laughs> one is indeed part of the other. Um, that was my final thoughts. I know this was a shorter episode, but we are going to have some like other episodes in tandem to this. So we'll be talk of, talking about anthropology and witchcraft, religion and witchcraft. At one point, we may get into morals and or ethics.
1: We well, tried we'll that. A, we'll call it a, a part, a, a 101, a part one, if
0: you will. A part one of this series. <laughs> but anywho, um, this has been Books and Broomsticks. I'm Chaotic witchot,
1: And I'm Matt Hatterplays.
0: And we'll talk to you guys next week.